it's time to kickstart your confidence. In this podcast, you will hear open and honest interviews with business owners and like-minded people who have struggled and then how they've overcome their own issues. Listen to their real-life struggles and personal accounts of how they've changed their lives and continue to do so on a daily basis. Get rid of stress, own your own space and thoughts. It's time to take control, build your personal health and well-being improve as you travel with us on this journey. And now your host, former British champion, owner and chief instructor of Hastings Kickboxing Academy and third Dan Black Belt, Carl Denning. Hey, so today I'm here with Ashley Smashley, all the way from the uh, the USA, uh, proudly sponsored by HKA USA. So um, how are you doing today? Feel good. Thanks for having me on. Uh, you're, you're very welcome. Thanks for taking your time out to um, to spend uh, uh, an hour with me uh, chewing the fat as we go on. Um, so the podcast is all about kickstarting your confidence and building people's confidence. Um, for me... Like when I when I follow you on Facebook, obviously there's a lot we're going to talk about today. But some of the stuff that I see you doing, so obviously you're a police officer. Um, you're a female MMA pro fighter. Um, you love your dogs, <laughs> um, and every day all I see is positive, positive, positive. Whether it be with the police force, whether it be your fighting. Um, you've just recently got engaged as well, I saw. So we're going to talk about that in a bit as well, which looked amazing. But I mean, I'm quite a positive person. I'm, I'm always pushing out um, good content or trying to drive people the right way. And I, I kind of look at your stuff and I'm just like, oh my God, like, like Smashly is, <laughs> for want of the better pun, smashing it at the moment. Um, and, I, and I see um, so many people obviously get behind you and follow you and drive with you. So I just want to kind of talk about how you do it and how you manage it. And um, I think you do a great job at it, but maybe we, we can go into that a little bit because um, obviously it's something I'm quite interested in personally because obviously running the gym over here, I feel like I do that quite a lot. And I had a bit, of a, a bit of a wobble this morning and I had to ask for a bit of help from a few people and I don't normally like doing that. I'm like, no, I can do it. I can manage. I don't need any help. Um, but then sometimes you have to put your hands up and say, no, sorry, actually, I do need a bit of help today. Um, so that's cool. Um, obviously, I sometimes talk about some free stuff, but you're in America, so <laughs> I won't have any of your stuff. But if you ever want to send us stuff over that we can help you promote, then just feel free. Um, I know the world's in a bit of a funny state at the moment, but I always offer that to people that I'm talking to. Um, so we met. So the, so the way we met is um, a good friend of mine, my brother Nick, Nick Sampson, he's uh, he's the driving force of HK USA um, over your way, and he uh, he said to me when we started doing it um, that we want to get involved with you. Can we send you some stuff? And I said, yeah, of course we can, hundred percent. So I think the first thing we sent you was a pair of shorts, wasn't it? Yeah, a pair of shorts that say Smashly across them. Wicked, but they didn't fit, did they? Oh, I got them too small. <laughs> um, but we we did manage to to get you some kit sent over and I know Nick gave you a little care package uh, of some kit and stuff. So, um, how you been finding the kit? Oh, it's awesome. Um, leading up to my, my last fight, you know, every day I was sparring 
with my HK boxing gloves, with my HK MMA gloves. Um, right before my fight, I got the HK shin guards. Yeah. Um, I think I got to spar with them once, and then I had my fight. So I haven't been able to use the shin guards as much as I like because right after my fight, kind of the virus stuff happened. But, I mean, once this is all over with, you know, I'll be back in the gym training with all my HKA gear. Yeah. Wicked. And how's some, – because something I'm – really careful of is we only try and give the best quality kit to our members because if if you if you give them rubbish two weeks later they come back and they say this is split that's broke this is uncomfortable so we do our best to obviously give our members the highest quality possible and we, we've now branched out to you guys over there and nick's doing a fantastic job of kind of helping that and he's even modifying it to make it even better now um how do you find the kit is it comfortable? Um, is it good to wear? Does it last? And all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's really comfortable, especially the the boxing gloves that I was sparring with for like several months leading up to my fight. There's cushion, like even in the palms of the, mm -hmm. the hands where most boxing gloves don't have cushion there. Um, so I, I feel my hands feel more protected. Um, like I said, I was sparring in those things like every day for months and they're still like brand new, like no damage or anything. Uh, and the MMA gloves as well. I was training a lot and drilling a lot in those gloves, hitting mitts in those gloves and they're still like perfectly fine. No damage, nothing. Fantastic. Oh, that's good to hear. So you'd recommend them then? Oh, absolutely. I'm always trying to advertise HKA on my Instagram, on my Facebook, so, yeah. so people we, are aware. We really appreciate that because you do, you do do such a good job of that, so that's really cool. Um, so thank you. Um, so can you tell me a bit more about, so you're a full-time police officer? Yes. So could you tell us a little bit about, because a lot of people over this side obviously won't know uh, about your work, so to speak. So could you give us a little, little dive into what you do? Yeah, I'm a full-time police officer. I've been a police officer for almost 10 years now. Um, I've been fighting MMA for 13 years, so I've actually been doing MMA longer than uh, being a cop. And, um, you know, I'm just able to balance both. Um, most pro MMA fighters don't have full-time jobs. Most of them don't have any jobs. If they have a job, it's a part-time job. But, you know, I have found a way at the beginning, you know, 10 years ago to balance both. And honestly, I wouldn't ever want to cut one out of my life. Like I would never want to only be a cop and never like want to only be a fighter. Like I love having both my passions and being able to balance both. And they both complement each other in different ways. So I think I'm very fortunate that I'm able to do both my passions in life. Definitely. Definitely. And now, obviously, I'm assuming you shouldn't, shouldn't use your MMA skills whilst at work. But I'm guessing from a confidence side, knowing that you have that skill set in your pocket when you're at work, it definitely, I'm guessing, helps your confidence. Yeah, absolutely. You know, being a cop, it's a dangerous job. And, you know, there are situations I get into where people are trying to you know, hurt us and assault us. And I'm small, you know, I'm How five, two. Five, two. I'm five, five, two. And, you know, I, if I'm not cutting weight for a fight, I range anywhere between like 125 to 130 pounds. So, you know, I'm not that big of a female to even begin with. So it is definitely a confidence knowing like I have these tools, you know, if, if I need to use them. So 
you know, that's definitely helpful. And then um, also just because, because being a cop is dangerous, I think that helps me with my MMA career, knowing that MMA is stressful and getting to the, getting into the cage is a very stressful experience, but at the end of the day, it's not life or death. It's Mm. just a fight. And I think being a cop kind of puts that in in perspective. Yeah, because obviously over over in the states you all have guns, don't you? Um, so I'm, and the, obviously over here we we don't have them kind of weapons to hand. So you'll get a fight. You might get a knife, which obviously can be dangerous, but guns are so much more dangerous. So I guess any situation. Obviously, Nick. I'll talk to Nick, and obviously I won't go into stories, but he would tell me stories. We're like, hey man, I went to this party, just a frat party and it just, it went off and anyone could be carrying a gun. And like you say, it could, could be like that. Yeah. I mean, the U S you know, I know it's a lot different than where you're at, but there's guns everywhere. You know, unfortunately, you know, criminals, you know, criminals are not going to be doing good things. They're not going to use the guns in the right way to protect themselves. They're going to do it to do harm. Yeah. Do you think about that much? I mean, is it is it a thought process you have every day, or um, do you, does it not not worry you? Of course, it worries you, but um, I think like for example, yesterday a police officer in Texas was shot and killed. So I think like every time I hear of a an officer getting shot and killed, like it's a reminder yeah. of this job and it could happen to anyone and you just always have to, you know, be aware of your surroundings and just, you know, you just, you got to make the best decisions possible every time you put on that uniform because in a split second, anything can happen. Yeah. So be careful and be safe, I guess. Thank you. And, and, uh, <laughs> you know, you could have the best choke in the world, but it's not going to stop a bullet, I guess. <laughs> um, so, and again, my thoughts, obviously, I, I talk to Nick every week. So he, he, he always keeps me up to date what's going on. So it, it is quite scary. Um, certainly, because we're in the coronavirus at the moment, aren't we? So the world has gone a bit, a bit upside down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, things um, have changed definitely in the past, like, two months here in the United States. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm glad you're doing a good, a good thing for the community. And like you say put literally putting your life on the line you know the worst thing that's going to happen to me when i go to work is i'll get some 14 year old punch me in the nose <laughs> so that's really really cool um so let's talk about your fighting a little bit uh, your career so what where did you start so you've been doing mma for 13 years did did you did you start with mma or did you do boxing or wrestling or um so when i was five i started in taekwondo cool um the only thing I liked about Taekwondo was the sparring. I personally didn't, wasn't a fan of like the board breaking and the forms. I just liked yeah. to fight. Yeah. And then in middle school, I asked my parents if I could start do kickboxing and they said, no, they didn't want yeah. me to get hurt. And then in high school, I asked my parents, can I wrestle? And they said, no, we don't want you to get hurt. So I literally just stuck the only thing that they would allow me to do is Taekwondo. So I did Taekwondo from like five to 18. Wow. And then once I started college, I was like, well, they can't really stop me anymore. So <laughs> I'm gonna rebel. My, my freshman year, my freshman year of college, I joined a local MMA gym and I actually think I hid that as a secret from my parents for like over a year and didn't tell them I was training MMA. 
Yeah. And then, yeah, I just, I fell in love with it and I've been training MMA ever since probably like 18, 19 years old. Wow. And you're doing pretty well. You're doing pretty well. Yeah. So which, which, which sport, if you used to go in, when you go into the cage, do you have a plan? So do you think, all right, I'm, I'm going to use my wrestling or my jujitsu or my kickboxing or my taekwondo. Uh, is there a favorite sport that you would go for or discipline that you'd use? Um, it just depends on the fight because for every opponent, you know, we like to game plan, uh, my yeah. coaches and I, and, you know, we have different game plans for every opponent. Um, you know, I think my jujitsu is probably a little stronger than my striking, but my last fight, the game plan was to strike with my opponent the whole time. So that's, you know, we stood for five rounds and yeah. And it was know. a war. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a war. It was a five round war for 25 minutes. So yeah. Um, you know, my coaches thought I was winning the stand-up battle, so that's why um, I never went for a takedown because after every round, my coaches were like, you won that round, you won that round, you're out striking her. So I was like, okay, well, I'm going to keep standing. Keep doing it. Because you are – was there an appeal going in for that as well? Because I, I, I remember reading something about an appeal because you did win the fight or the judges went the other way. Yeah, my, my coach um, – I think he filed for an appeal, but, uh, you know, it, at least in the United States, like it's pretty rare to win that they're not going to yeah. overturn the fight, like unless something like crazy happens. So, I mean, yeah. it is what it is, you know, it's, you know, the phrase don't leave it in the hand of the judges. I mean, yeah, you know, looking back, I wish I would have went for takedowns. Um, but I thought I was winning the striking, so I just didn't. Yeah. Well, if you think, again, in, in, it's so difficult when you're in the heat, but if you th feel like you're winning and your coaches are telling you you're winning, you're winning, then you think, well, I'm winning, I'll keep going. Um, obviously, we have loads of fighters that fight every week for us or every other week. Um, and obviously, we do the best to try and keep them on point. And yeah, I always, always say to them, don't let the judges decide because... You know, if, if two of you are still standing, you might think you've got a clear win, but the judges could be biased or blind or haven't got a clear what they're doing sometimes. Um, but if one of you are standing and one of you is lying out cold, you know, there's no choice, is there? Um, easy. Exactly. You know, do they prefer the kickers, the punchers? Do they like counter fighters? Um, but if one of them's asleep, <laughs> they can't judge any further than that. Um, do you find it hard... So, uh, from a, being a female fighter on the MMA circuit, is it any different? I mean, it shouldn't be, but do you ever meet any resistance? I did when I first started training, like thirteen years ago. Yeah. Um. On the the gym I first started at, the head coach was a Brazilian guy, a sweet guy. Like I love him. Yeah. Um. But I think I was like the first female to ever be at his gym. So like. I don't think he knew like how to take me. So yeah. it took about a year to a year and a half for him to finally like in class, like acknowledge that I was even there. To let you in. Yeah. yeah. He would pretty much in class, like help everyone with technique. And like, he would like, so we'd all be in a circle, like drilling and he would go to every, uh, cause we'd be in pairs of two drilling and he would go to like every pair and help them and when it was like when it was his turn to help me he would like literally skip me and go to the next person <laughs> yeah, and like i don't think he did it maliciously like it was just he just didn't know like he had never had a female yeah. before you know try to be an mma fighter so i think it took 
I had to earn his respect, which yeah. I'm totally fine with because I love like proving people wrong. So, you know, it took a year, year and a half, but I finally earned his respect. And then he, you know, he paid a lot of attention to me and helped me grow as an MMA fighter. Yeah. And you still with him now? No. Um, I was with him for about five years back in Missouri. Yeah. And then um, I switched gyms in Missouri um, like after five years. And then I've moved to California since then. So I've switched gyms a couple times the last 13 years. Cool. So but, who's your yeah. current coach now? Um, my current coach, um, I train at two different gyms. I train at 10th Plain at San Diego. Um, the head MMA coach is this guy named Manolo. Um, the head jiu-jitsu coach is kind of like a famous guy in the jiu-jitsu world. His name's uh, Richie Boogeyman Martinez. Richie um, Boogeyman. <laughs> Love that. Yeah. <laughs> He is a, if you look him up, he's pretty famous in the jiu-jitsu world. And then I also train at Dan Henderson's gym. I don't know. Dan Henderson's a, pretty much a legend in the UFC. He's retired now, but um, I've been cross-training there a lot since I moved to California, and I love that gym. I've learned so much since I've been there. It sounds amazing. It sounds really cool. Yeah. Um, I love having good coaches. All right. Their knowledge is just it's phenomenal, isn't it? Yeah. So. Yeah. Every day I learn like 10 new things and I've been doing this for 13 years. So. Yeah. Yeah. And that knowledge is power and you can never stop learning. Like someone, when a fighter says, Oh, I've learned all of it. You, you haven't even begun. You know, I've been kickboxing 30, 20, 29 years and I'm still learning new stuff even now. So, um, you know, I love it. I know, I'll eat, sleep, breathe it. So okay, cool. Um, so let's talk about you being a role model. Um, so one of the big things I've seen you do recently was, um, is it punch with a cop? Box with a cop? I mean, that is so cool. Again, I've watched some of the videos and some of the photos, um, seen like the little ones in the gym and you're like, in the blue corner. So can you tell me a little bit about that? Because that is so cool. So where I patrol in San Diego, uh, Cal San Diego, California, United States, there is a boxing gym literally two blocks down from the police station. And the boxing gym, it's it's for at-risk youth. So it's the gym, was, it's a non-profit gym. So yeah. it's, you know, just donation-based. And the gym is to help kids, you know, that are either getting bullied in school, um, you know, they're hanging with the wrong crowd, possibly they're starting to get into some gangs, getting involved with drugs. It's to help these kids, you know, keep them on the right path, give them confidence, um, you know, and, and, and it just gives them, uh, boxing just gives these kids like hope. You yeah. know, a lot of these kids, like, I can't really go into the details of like their stories, but some yeah. of them have some pretty sad and messed up childhoods and they have nothing they, they literally like they have nothing to to i guess help them get out of bed every day and this gym does that it gives them motivation it gives them a purpose. reason to get up every day it gives them purpose yeah um the back of the gym even is a uh it's like a tutoring center so they bring in tutors every day to also help these kids with their schoolwork. so um with the gym being two blocks down from my police department, like as soon as I moved to California, I got involved with this gym. Um, 
the head coach there is actually also a police officer. So we obviously have a strong bond. Um, He was actually my, so he's my boxing coach. So I train there as well, but I also volunteer there. So the, the head boxing coach there, Edgar, um, he was, he cornered me in my last fight. Um, what Edgar and all these other coaches do for these kids is absolutely amazing. Um, I'm just in awe every day of how much they're helping these kids succeed in life. And it, you know, I'd been there at that gym for a year and a half training and volunteering. And I was kind of like, wow, like this gym's so amazing. And my police department's literally two blocks down the road. Like why we need to get more cops involved with this place and help give these kids mentors. Cause that's what mm. these kids need. So I came up with the event box with a cop. So cool. So cool. Yeah. So I pretty much, it was like a, a day event. It was really fun where I got about 18 police officers, 18 kids, and it was just a fun day of we paired up each cop with a kid and we did fun boxing drills, games. Um, they all got to have lunch together and get to know each other. So that way these kids have, you know, mentors to look up to role models. Yeah. Fantastic. It does. That looked brilliant from, from, from what we could see and read over here. It looked really cool. Um, and, and you're totally right. We, we do a, a similar thing. Uh, at my gym, we work with at-risk children. They're called pathway children over here. Um, and they're just misguided. They've, they've got no drive. Maybe their families don't care. So they don't care because no one cares about them. So it's just about getting them to understand that there is a purpose in life. They can have a, a drive and a direction. Um, and, you know, you just give them a little bit of your time and you've got them. And it's, it's so powerful. Yeah, yeah, and then uh, actually at the at the end of Box with a Cop, I don't know if you saw the pictures. So HKA, your company was nice enough to donate twenty pairs of HKA boxing yeah. clothes because all these kids, you know, they train every day at this gym, but they don't have their own gear because mm-hmm. you know most of their families are don't have you know money, yeah. so they just use the the gym gloves over and over again. They don't own any of their own gear or anything. So at the end of the day, each officer surprised the kid that they're paired up with, with their own pair of HK boxing gloves. And each yeah. kid got to take the gloves home and the, it's their gloves to keep. And they yeah. were, some of the kids started crying. Like it oh, was wow. amazing to, to oh, see so like cool. how happy they were with these gloves. So I can't thank you yeah. and your company enough for helping make these kids dreams come true. Hey, uh, uh, you're welcome one. And you know, Nick's, Nick rung me about the box of the cop idea and he said, do you think, or he said, I think this is what we should do. And I was like, if, if you think it's going to help, then do it, you know, because like you say to, I mean, to hear that is, is amazing is, you know, for a pair, for a, for a pair of gloves, you know, for me and you, it's a pair of gloves, you know, but to them, like you say, it's, it's the world. So, you know, if we can help make that difference. Yeah. And you know, I'm, I'm all up for, helping as much as we can. So I'd, l- I'd love to help more. <laughs> um, but yeah, oh, that's really, really good. That's really nice to hear. Thank you for that. Um, and I say, I can only thank Nick because without Nick pushing it and having contact with you and um, everyone else that he's been helping, um, you know, it wouldn't happen. So without him, it would just be me sending them nowhere. <laughs> Well, thank you to you and Nick. Thank you for all the help. Definitely. Definitely. And I'll, I'll let them know that we've had a chat as well. I'll, once this is finished, I'll put it together. I'll share it. 
Okay, awesome. That's good. Um, so you got engaged. Let's talk about that. You got engaged. I did. Right. Yeah. I did. I mean, obviously, it didn't go as planned because no. I lost. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the the original plan was, you know, obviously, I was planning on winning. Um, you know, I was going to propose with the belt. Um, yeah. I was actually going to. So my fiance and I, we've been together for over three years, and she loves that I fight like she's very involved with my training camps you know she helps me with my cooking and the meal prepping and you know she helps me with my training she videotapes my training sessions she's very involved she loves the sport she's constantly watching MMA yeah. on TV <laughs> and um I just love seeing that smile she has every time I compete she just lights up so when I got the opportunity um to fight for the belt I knew I was like, this is the moment. This will be the perfect moment to yeah. finally propose to her just because she just loves my MMA career so much. And I knew she wouldn't be expecting it. Like it, I would totally throw her off. Yeah. So, um, you know, I trained my ass off and, you know, I bought the, the ring months in advance and like every day, at training, like if I had a bad day at training or I was stressed out about my weight cut, I would, I had the, the ring hidden in my gun locker. Yeah. So if she was safe place. Home, yeah. Safe place. <laughs> I knew that's the one place she would never look. <laughs> so, um, yeah, if she wasn't home and I was like having a bad day, um, I'd open it up and, you know, look at that ring as like motivation to keep going. And, um, you know, I had to hide the ring in my bag when we flew on the plane to yeah. get to the venue and I was hiding it fight week. <laughs> and, and, um, yeah, you know, I, I knew I was going to propose and I never wanted to propose in the cage. Cause I knew like she wouldn't like that. Yeah. And, like, you know, we had, I had so many friends and family that were going to that title fight. So I knew like, that's the perfect opportunity. Like us being surrounded by so many people that love us and care about us. Um, so pretty much everyone knew, but her, yeah. all my family knew, like our 30 friends that were there, they all knew what was going to happen after the fight. So, yeah. um, I didn't get the win, which kind of sucked just cause I was hoping to be able to propose with the belt, yeah. but you know, it is, it is what it is. And it was still, you know, a very special moment and we were both crying and <laughs> I cried, I cried so much when I was proposing. I don't even think I got the words out that I wanted to say. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was a really cool night, and you know I'll remember it forever. Fantastic! Oh, that's really cool, really really cool. So again, I saw the photos and the videos, and I was just like, oh man, that's that's brilliant, really really cool. Um, so how how long? Again, excuse my terminology. Don't shoot me for getting it wrong. But how how long have you been um, into females? Have you known your whole life, or is it something that transitioned over time, or? If you don't mind me asking those. No, it's fine. My whole life, ever since, uh, I remember being in preschool and I knew that there was something different about me, but I didn't know what, you know, cause at that age you don't know, like, yeah. you don't, you don't know about that stuff, but I just knew I was different than all the other females in class. And that was and at a very young that, age. Yeah. I was five, four yeah. preschool. Yeah. Yeah. So I knew I was different, just didn't know how I was different. And then I think in third grade, I finally learned like what gay was. And I was like, oh, that's me. But I didn't want to be gay because I was afraid 
of yeah. what my parents were going to think. So I remember in third grade, I thought to myself, okay, like, I know once I hit middle school, I'll change. Like I'll become, nor- I'll become normal. Like all yeah. the other girls in class. And then middle school came, didn't happen. High school came, it didn't happen. And then finally in college, I just kind of stopped ignoring Fortune. what I, yeah, I was like yeah. trying to, I stopped forcing myself to think that I was going to change and just realize like, this is who I am. And, and then in college, I just, you know, I finally came out to my parents and, you know, I, I'm very blessed and lucky that I have a family that loves me and supports me and, you know, they don't judge me at all. And, you know, they love my fiance and they, they adore her to death. And, um, you know, I'm just, I'm blessed to have a very supportive family. That which helps. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Uh, Well, it helps having a girlfriend that, or a partner as that supports you in your sport. So she's not going, what time are you coming home from the gym? What do you mean you're training again? Or what do you mean you can't eat that because you're cutting weight? Like she actually understands. Oh no, she actually like, she loves the sport of MMA so much and is so passionate about my fight career. Like if if I'm home and I'm not at jujitsu, she'll be like, why aren't you at jujitsu? You need to be at jujitsu class. <laughs> what are you doing here? <laughs> She's like the complete opposite. Is she, is she there now? Yeah, I'm laughing at her. She's over here. <laughs> She's like, hey. <laughs> What's her name? Irit. Irit. Let's give her a shout. Hiya. Hi. She said hi. <laughs> <laughs> Put her on the spot. Oh, that's fantastic. Congratulations to the pair of you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, and you're an animal lover and a steak yes. lover, I've noticed. <laughs> yeah so dogs is it just dogs or dogs and cats dogs and um cats. my whole life i've been very involved with rescuing stray and abused um cats and dogs so oh, wow. and i've been able to do a lot of that through my police work just because you know as a cop you run into like animal abuse situations or you run into strays yeah so all my animals throughout my whole life have been rescues that's amazing. That's real. Because I did wonder, because I had a little flick through, and I thought, wow, like, there's a lot of dogs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And my, my sister and my parents all have a bunch of pets, pets, sorry, and all of them I rescued while being a police officer. All the animals I have, I've rescued while being a cop. So, I mean, you know, to me, these animals are innocent and they can't, they're, they're looking for people to help. They can't help themselves. So, yeah. you know, they rely on people to save them and, yeah. you know, giving them a second chance at life. Uh, that's what I love to do. Yeah. Well, again, it's just another, another thing that you're doing to, to help change the planet or say someone's life or an animal's life is, is really, really cool. Cause there's not many people that would do that. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, I even like at work, um, in my duty bag at work as a police officer, I have like dog treats and like cat food <laughs> and like the guys make fun of me like crazy, but I'm just like, whatever. Like, you know, yeah. I know it's out of love. They're just teasing me. I'm like, sorry, I like to help animals. <laughs> and they know worst case you're going to choke them out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so they can't tease me too much because I know that they're ass. Yeah. I might get told off for tasing you, but I can put you in a rear naked guillotine. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, tell me how you unwind. So, because something I suffer with a lot is 
I train six days a week. I teach five hours a day, six hours a day, depending on my days. Um, I do my podcasts. I find it really difficult to unwind. So for me, I like turning my phone off and watching a film. That's my when things stop going around. I mean, you've got a lot going on. You've got obviously your police, your boxing, your your training, planning a wedding. Um, how, how do you turn off? How do you switch off? Um, for me, I mean, a couple different ways. Um, I love to work out. So just going for runs, um, yeah. lifting, lifting weights. I like to do that. I've been doing that, those two things a lot lately since the quarantine has happened in the United States. Um, cause I haven't been able to go to the gym and train. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess for me, like my unwinding is being able to just spend time with my fiance. Um, you know, she's my best friend and just sitting down on the couch with her and, Unwind, you know, just talking about our day. Um, she's a nurse, so you know we both have wow. stressful jobs. You know, especially with her being a nurse, with everything that's happening with the mm. virus. So, just talking to each other and hanging out and spending that time together for me is my like kind of unwinding. Oh, that's cool, and uh, obviously spending more time together now that <laughs> you've worked out you still like each other. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think there's going to be lots of divorces in England when this is all over. I had to spend five, six weeks with you. <laughs> yeah. And we've actually seen an increase at work of like domestics. You Have know, you? Because people, people are confined at home together. So they're just arguing and, mm. you know, it's unfortunate. All right. Well, we're, we're not normally this. We're not forced to be this confined ever, have we? I mean, this is the first time that I know of that's ever been like this where you can't go out or you're not meant to go out. And you are literally spending day and night with each other. I mean, luckily, I like my wife, so <laughs> I think she likes me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, normally, I talk about a pad session that we've done, because normally what I try and do is I, pad, I try and pad everyone that I interview. So I put them on the focus pads. Obviously, we're a few miles apart, so I can't ask you about that. But hopefully, if I get to come over and see Nick later this year or next year, um, I'm going to try try my best to try and get around a few people so if if i do i'll let you know and i'll try and come over with we'll do a pad session together yeah definitely that'd be awesome yeah that'd be really cool that'd be really really cool um have you got any questions for me at all it doesn't matter Um, if you don't but i'm curious how did hk how did the gears company start because i know hk is the name of your gym correct yeah so how did you start did you start making gear at the same time that you No. So when I've been teaching kickboxing since I was about 18 and it, it slowly got bigger and bigger. Um, and it was known as Hastings Martial Arts, which is where I started to train as a child. Long story short, I, was, I had to change the company name. So we come up with Hastings Kickboxing Academy. Um, and then as it got bigger, I had my gym, but all my kit I used to buy from a company called Blitz or Longsdale. We used to buy, you know, the normal stuff. And then I used someone else's gloves that I really liked, but they're about 90 pound. So I started to do a bit of fishing around. And one of my friends who owned a gym up, up north of England, um, he said that he uses this guy for kit. So long story short, I got in contact with him. Um, and I met him and he had about 50 different pairs of gloves. Um, and the bit that you talked about having like the padded part in the palm. So the thing I loved, because because I'm quite short as well, I use my defense a lot, so I tuck up. 
But what I found was with everyone else's gloves, I was always getting a black eye from being hit. So I went back to them and said that I really like this part of the glove, but I want padding here. So can you add padding here? Um, again, I've got quite fat hands. So I like a flat glove as opposed to a round glove. So everyone loves twins, but I hate them. I hate them. I can't, I can't put my hand in them. They're so uncomfortable. But they're like trainers. Some people like Nike. Some people like Adidas. Um, so I tried about 20 pairs of gloves um, and then said, you know, can you make the thumb tighter so it's hidden rather than sort of hanging out like that? Um, and once we designed a couple of pairs of gloves we liked, we then, he said to me, I didn't even know this could be done. He said, would you like them branded? And I'm like, hmm, what do you mean? This one, you can have your name on them, you can have your club name, like colours on them, you can have emblems on them. I was like, yes, I do. Um, and that's kind of where it started. So then they produced um, our kit. And it's changed a few times. Um, for example, we've got the uh, Kickstart Your Confidence with Cold Denny. So these are the same focus pads, but with new, oh, it's a way of life. So they're, they're really cool. And so the focus pad, for example, I don't know about you, a lot of focus mitts are quite thin. So while you're punching them, it's cool. But if you've got a roundhouse kick or a spinning kick coming in, you're like, ah. But for me, Tie pads are too big and clumpy. They're too heavy. So when you're doing like jab, cross, uppercut, hook, they're too big. They're good for kicks, but they're shit for punching. So I said to him, I want a pair of focus pads, but I want thicker padding. So they're good for hand, but you can still take a kick with them. Um, and then, because I've got really short arms as well, the wrist strap, I wanted like on my hand rather than down here. So I could move so I can actually do this with them rather than it be stuck. Um, so over a few years, we've kind of fine-tuned the kit to how I want it. Then it all got branded, which is cool. And obviously the branding has slowly changed over the years now as well. Um, and me and Nick for about 15 years have been talking about a business. Um, we, we talked about import, export and cars, um, stuff that you can't get in the US that we do here and all that kind of stuff. Um, and about two years ago, I said to him, why didn't you try selling some of my kit? And he's like, well, yeah. And we went back to Fords. Um, and then we had HKA England. And then Nick come up with HKA USA. Sounded better. Um, and then we started rebranding stuff, HKA USA. And then Nick has basically grabbed that and just ran with it. Um, and now he's doing all the custom make stuff for everyone. So you can literally have whatever you want made. So the guns and hoses stuff, um, you know, whatever you want on the kit is our glove and pad and shin pad, etc. And then rebranded. And then Nick's also been adding bits to it. So if you turn around to Nick and said, actually, I want a slightly wider glove or I want the wrist strap thicker or thinner, then we could have that made. Hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. Most companies can't do that. No. So, and it's still, I think, a good price. Because custom, if I want a pair of my own custom gloves made from custom, they'll be about 190 quid, roughly. Sorry, my dog's barking. That's good, that's good. I'm surprised my cat hasn't attacked me yet, to be honest. <laughs> um, so, for us to give you a, a completely custom, full leather, pretty much however you want them for around about the hundred dollars 
is, I think, a phenomenal price. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think your company definitely stands apart just because a lot of it, because of the custom stuff you can do, most companies don't do that. So I think that's what sets you apart for sure. Yeah. I mean, we still haven't gone big yet. Um, we didn't expect it to go big. It would be lovely if it did. Um, but it's a work in progress. You know, we're learning as we go along. We're, we're doing our best to try and deliver the best, first of all, the best quality kit, then at affordable price and then try and get it out. So, but we're learning, you know what? I'm not a multi-million pound developer of Longsdale. <laughs> I'm just little old Cohen Hastings. <laughs> and those things take time. It takes time to build a company. Yeah. But I think you're both doing a good job getting the word out there, getting yeah. your name out there. That's cool. That's really good to hear. Um, thank you, appreciate it. Um, so, five quick, quest quick fire questions for you. Uh, what's your strangest eating habit? What's my strangest eating habit? <laughs> um, eating Nutella out of a jar. So my fiance makes fun of me. Do you know what Nutella is? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's my favorite type of chocolate. I just eat it straight out of the jar. Excellent. Like, my daughter Leah would, would be there with you, just <laughs> spooning it. I can, I can go through a jar in like a day, easy. Wow. <laughs> I'm like addicted to that stuff. Yeah, instead of like a pint of ice cream, I'll just eat a jar of Nutella. Love it. Fantastic. Uh, what's your best memory? Best memory? Um, probably, honestly, proposing to my fiance. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. You have to say that she's there. Yeah, <laughs> I, can't get in, I can't get in trouble. <laughs> Did I pass? <laughs> um, if you was an animal, what would you be? Probably a cat. <laughs> <laughs> like a uh, house cat, not like Tiger King, like lion or tiger. Like yeah. an actual like indoor house cat. <laughs> yeah, nice. Get looked after, get fed, go and sleep on the bed, chill out. Sounds good to me. What's your jam? So uh, who's your favourite artist or song? So what do you listen to when you put your ears in? Um, I like alternative rock, so, you know, any... Thing from Breaking Benjamin, the Five Finger Death Punch, the Stain. I kind of like that, like easy rock, nothing like crazy, but like you know, smooth and yeah. has a good beat. Yeah, yeah, cool, cool. And what's your most embarrassing moment? I don't know. I didn't think about that. <laughs> I don't know. I, one time, this was years ago at work. It's not necessarily embarrassing, but it was funny. I was in a foot pursuit with a guy that was wanted for, I think breaking into a house. And I, I jumped a fence to try to catch him. And when I jumped the fence, my pants ripped <laughs> and you could see like my entire underwear. Like it was just <laughs> out there. <laughs> so I was just like, I mean, I wasn't like, I guess it's embarrassing, but I was just like, whatever. Like, I don't care who sees my underwear. I'm trying to get this guy. <laughs> did you get him? Um, yeah, we did. Me and a bunch of other cops got him. Excellent. <laughs> uh, completely off target. Uh, what car do you drive? Do you drive a car on beat? Yeah. Yeah, what car do you drive? I'm a car. Free, um, so. We all have those like uh, Ford Explorer SUVs. Nice. Mm -hmm. Nice. Do like an explorer. They're nice and big over there as well. Yeah. 
Um, well, thank you so much. I have run out of questions. That's that's everything I had written down. So um, you've been amazing. Is there any, uh, obviously apart from HK USA, is there anyone else you'd like to thank while you're here? You know, HK has been my, my main sponsor for a while now. I just want to thank you guys for all the support. And especially since I know like my um, my title fight was like scheduled, then it got canceled, then it got scheduled again. So I know that was probably a pain. So appreciate you, you know, being patient and, you know, thank you for sponsoring the box with a cop. Um, like I said, that was yeah, amazing. Pleasure. I know I posted a bunch of pictures of the kids with their HKA gloves. But if you need more of those pictures, let me know. I can send them to you. I have them all saved in my phone. Yeah, if, if you um, could, only because you would get to them quicker than me searching. So that would be amazing if you wouldn't mind. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I'll send them over to you. And um, yeah, I just want to thank, you know, my, my family for supporting me and my gyms. And that's about it. And my police department, they, they're actually really supportive of my MMA career as well. Yeah, because that can be difficult as well training you know getting marked having cuts a lot of people over this way is like oh you got a black hole you can't come to work so um so i know you could get that at work so <laughs> yeah no they my police department actually sponsors me as well that's how supportive they are oh that's that's great that's great um so next time on my next podcast i have the gremlin Mr. Joshua Sampo, I've got him uh, on my next one. So that's going to be really cool. This is my, my first two overseas podcasts. So that's really cool. I really do appreciate your time. Um, Fun fact really quick about him. Oh, yes, go on. I gave him his nickname. Did you? His, yeah. So Josh the Gremlin Sampo. I don't know if he remembers, but I was the first person to start calling him the Gremlin. And it stuck. And that is now his fight name. Fantastic. So you're, wel you're welcome, Josh. <laughs> well, that's one of my questions for him. How did he get his nickname? So that will be very interesting. <laughs> amazing. All you, all you. That's amazing. Um, thank you so much for your time. Um, uh, for me personally, like I say, you're a police officer. You, you look after the children in, in the neighborhood. You, you create a network. You're a fantastic MMA fighter. Um, you're a huge role model to people you work with, people over here, like my, some of my guys follow you and say, oh my God, that Smashley's amazing. Did you see her last fight? Um, so you even motivate people over here. Um, so just, I want to say, keep doing what you're doing um, because you're doing it well, which is which is really cool. Um, Thank you. Again, if, if you're watching, if you're listening, drop a like, drop a share, give us a comment, we'll reply. Uh, hopefully you, you've liked what we've heard today. Um, it just leaves me to say, remember guys, it's not just a sport, it's our life. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed today's chat, have any questions or feedback for us, or would like to be on one of our podcasts, leave a review and we will happily get back to you. If you would like more details on how Hastings Kickboxing Academy can help you or a family member, find all our contact details in the show notes. Make sure you subscribe to HKA's Kickstart Your Confidence podcast. And remember, it's not just a sport, it's a way of life. Thank you.